Welcome to Golazzo. I'm James Horncastle. Now, despite Juventus wrapping up their seventh straight league title, one of the stories of the season in Serie A this year has been Napoli and the team that Maurizio Sarri has put together. Now, Sarri, as you know, has been linked with jobs all over the place, not least Chelsea and Arsenal. So we thought we'd speak to someone who knows all about his coaching style and what he's like one-to-one. Nathaniel Chalabar spent a year on loan at Napoli from Chelsea back in 2015. He's now at Watford, of course, and made his comeback after missing most of this season with a bad knee injury at the weekend. So he swung by to the Totally Studios to talk about all things Neapolitan and Sadi, starting with how he came to sign for the Patinope. It was quite last minute and uh, they were looking for a midfielder because one of their players had got injured so I didn't think twice about it. At first it, you know, I was a bit intimidated because I was going to go live in Italy and and but I didn't really think about it twice. I just said, you know what, it's a great opportunity and Napoli is a massive club in Italy so I said, yeah, why not? I mean, looking back uh, now, I think uh, I remember going out to Italy that uh, year, the one before you actually went and there was Michael Richards was on loan at uh, Fiorentina. Fiorentina yeah. Ashley Cole, I think, was at Roma at that time, and Ravel Morrison moved to Lazio. Lazio, Did any of that weigh on your mind when you were making a decision to go there? Did you speak to any of those guys? Um, Not at all, really. I mean, I'd been at Watford before on loan, Mm. and and, um, there were quite a few Italians there, and so I knew a little bit how they worked, especially being managed by Gianfranco Zola as well. Mm. Um, I had an idea. Napoli legend. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, So I had an idea, and... and, um, for me, it wasn't so much about, you know, what the environment was going to be like, mm. whether I've got people there that speak English or anything like that. I was just excited to be doing something new. Um, like I said, I've been to the championship a few times and I didn't feel like I was improving and I just needed to to learn something different. So I was really open to the move. I mean, it seems to be the mentality of your generation, really, among England players when you look at you taking that decision. But now... You see guys like uh, Ademola Lukman going to RB Leipzig, Reese Oxford going to Borussia Mönchengladbach, um, Jaden Sancho um, yeah. going to Borussia Dortmund. This isn't something we, I would say, associate with young English players. So, you know, is, you were a bit of a trailblazer, I suppose, in, in that respect. Yeah, if you say so. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you can play in a reserve, reserve league and the under-23s league over here and... I think there's there's great leagues out there and mm. I mean the Belgian league has been well known for bringing players through um, the Dutch league as well obviously going off to Germany so the likes of Sancho and Lukman is something different but mm. besides that it's an opportunity for you to learn um, an opportunity for you to to see another part of football that's not in England that mm. isn't the championship that isn't the under 23s but me personally I would have given the advice to anyone who asked me what is it like to go away and to go and learn and play football? And for me, it was probably the biggest turning point of my career at the time. Yeah. yeah. So you went right at the end of the transfer window, yeah, right? It was I think it was last minute. Yeah. yeah. I think it was made official like early hours, September first, yeah, yeah. twenty fifteen. So you kind of missed pre-season with Napoli, yeah. which I suppose doesn't make the transition all that easy, particularly when you're going from not only one club to another, but one country to another, completely different football culture. You know, what were your kind of first impressions when you touched down in Naples? Um, I mean, I got there and it was sweltering hot. The <laughs> yeah. heat was unbelievable. And 
and almost unbearable. Mm. And um, I went there with jeans and a jacket and everything else. And within <laughs> five minutes, my jacket was off. <laughs> and I thought, oh, wow, it's pretty hot over here. But um, we had to wait quite a long time to get the contracts and everything sorted out mm. because it was last minute. And in terms of the paperwork, um, we were hanging around a little bit, but I went over to the training ground and the facilities weren't state-of-the-art. Yeah. But to be honest, I've... I've experienced everything really. I mean, I've been to championship teams and mm. and obviously coming from Chelsea, you're almost spoiled a little bit with where you are in terms of facilities, changing rooms and the way you're treated. And for me, I was just open to anything really and it, it didn't really faze me. The training ground wasn't the greatest of places to be, but at the end of the day, you're there to play football and if the weather's nice, you're not really going to complain. <laughs> so first impressions were, okay, this is... It's interesting mm. because I'm, yeah, I'm in a different country and <laughs> yeah. and this is what I've seen so far. So I really want to know what the players' attitudes like towards it mm. because you know I've been to a few championship teams and some of the players complain about their facilities and where they are and how this is and how that is. And when I went to Napoli, the standards are below some of the yeah. championship clubs that I've been to. Mm. So for the training grounds had a bit of a refurb, I think, since you were last there. The reception now is is pretty nice, <laughs> but <laughs> well, apart from that, it's still it's still what it is. Yeah, that's and that that was that was what I was really trying to convince myself as this can't be as bad as I think it looks at the minute. Yeah, but um, after I got there and I met all the players and they mm. were all so humble and everyone was just so relaxed. That the culture was just so different. Did anyone in particular take you under their wing? Um, well, I got there first and it was like my first day at school once again. Like, you know, every year when you go into school, if you don't, if you move to a new school, you have to try and introduce yourself to everyone. So I walk around, shake everyone's hand. Yeah. And um, I don't think some of them knew who I was in the first place. So <laughs> that, that, that obviously made it a little bit easier for me. Mm. Um, it means I can, you know, show what I can do on a football pitch. And yeah. Then, they can then judge me off that. Mm. But um, first impressions were they were a nice group of group of lads, and they just said, "Yeah, welcome." And if you need anything, let me know. The mm. culture is different out, out in Italy. I think they're a lot more welcoming. And I suppose aside from Pepe Reina, Juice Mertens, not many English speakers in there, so you have to get to grips with a, a new language. Yeah, that that was um, something I noticed pretty quickly mm. because I wanted to speak English. The first few days I was quiet, didn't say anything, just observed and looked around and see if I can pick up words here and there, you know, the hello, how are you, yeah. and what the boys say. Um, but, I mean, Pepe spoke English, so if I needed anything, I went to him first. Yeah. And then um, Mertens could speak a bit of English as well, and Koulibaly could speak English as well, so... Mm. so um, I mean, around around the boys, I could try and listen out for what was being said. And Mauricio Sarri spoke a bit of English as well. I think yeah. he worked in England yeah. for some time. So He'd worked he, in banking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was explaining it to me at one stage. Um, so he spoke a little bit of English. But mm. um, when he's out there, he wouldn't have spoken English to me on the pitch. No. So I had to try and pick up the language quite quickly and that was very difficult at the start. Did he have quite a personal relationship with the players in that you have some managers, for example, who they'll take training and then they'll keep their distance? Was he someone who would speak to you after training, have one-on-ones with you and that sort of thing and just trying to develop some kind of empathy, some kind of human angle Yeah, he was, he, was a, he was very hands-on, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um He's a he's a great manager. I mean, tactically, he's he's probably up there with one of the best that I've seen, and I've worked with. But 
In terms of his his man management, he was he was, I think he was pretty good of the group of boys who were playing because um, in Italy it's about eleven players on the bench, so yeah. it was very hard to keep, keep everybody everyone happy. happy. Yeah. But um, he had conversations here and there with players, and if you stepped into his office, he was more than open to have a conversation with you. So, mm. so he he helped me when I got there first because I had a few conversations with him in terms of what I need to do, and he lost his his patience of me a few times when he was trying to explain something and I didn't understand and I'm just looking at him like, oh, I don't know what to do. But um, yeah, it, it was okay in the end. What was it like having a manager who will be strolling up and down the touchline or on the training pitch with a, with a sort of the nub of a cigarette? cigarette yeah, <laughs> yes. it, it, it was okay. It was fine. Mm. He, he, was a, he was a nice guy, but he was very into his work and, yeah. and um, like I said, t- tactically, he knew how to set the team up and how to try and stop the opposition and it was something that we worked on every single day in training and for me it was new because I went into training thinking oh we're going to play small-sided games there's going to be a lot of physicality and everything else and it was just all technical the sessions were about 40 minutes yeah and you were done and inside a very particular style yeah that you wanted to implement literally it was this is how I want you to play this is how you're going to play. This is how you beat this team. This is how you beat that team. This is how you stop this team. And it just changed and it was every week, but it was something different because the opposition that you faced had something in their pocket. So yeah. it was, for me, it was just, besides not playing and everything else, I was just learning every single week and just looking at how he does his work and say the players that were playing, for for example, I was covered to Hamsik. Mm. And he's an unbelievable player. So for me, I just kept watching him and seeing what he does that I can add to my game. Like I said, it was probably one of the biggest changes for me in my career at the time. Were there any small details that um, you got either from watching Hamsik or that Sally gave you in terms of which maybe changed the way you play? You know, maybe how you open up your body, how you yeah, control he, the ball. He's he's one of the players that's got the best awareness that I've seen on a football pitch. Mm. He, We used to say he had eyes in the back of his head mm. because he always knew where he was. He always knew when to take two touches, when to take one, when he could play it around the corner. And uh, for me, I I went against him sometimes and, I, and he was like two steps, three steps ahead of me. When you train with this person every day, surely you have to pick stuff off him. Mm. And for me, it was it was a no-brainer really in terms of watching him and, and um, speaking to him as well because he speaks a little bit of English. Yeah. So he helped me out a little bit and just being there and watching these players, you've got Jorginho, who a lot of people won't have heard of before because mm. he just came from Verona. Yeah, Hellas Verona. Hellas yeah. Verona, sorry. And um, and I've seen him in training and he plays one touch and two touches the whole training session and I've never seen anything like it. So at this point, I'm staring at him thinking, oh my God, what a player. <laughs> and nobody knows of him. Mm. So... Now, when there's like rave reviews about him, I'm like, I knew this was coming. Because... Well, he was in tears a couple of weeks ago after the, the draw against Torino, perhaps maybe because it was the end of the title dream. People might be finally waking up to him um, in, in the Premier League. He's, he's, a, he's an unbelievable character, a great mm. guy, always smiling, always happy. And uh, I roomed with him a few times towards the end of my time at Napoli. He was mm. my roommate and I had so much fun <laughs> with him. When he came to, when they played against England... Not so long ago and for Italy, I, I went down to the stadium and I saw him afterwards. He's yeah. a great guy. Really Did he have any uh, particular habits in, his, in, in, in when you roomed with him? Oh, yeah. He was on a battlefield every night oh, yeah? and it was non-stop. Literally, I had to try and get him off it when I wanted to go sleep. 
but I, and I wasn't starting, so for him that was just his pre-match ritual. Yeah. Just stay on the battlefield until <laughs> one o'clock or whatever it was. And uh, in terms of like first impressions of the manager, you've got this like fifty-five-year-old guy who's kind of looks like he's been around the block a bit. You might think of Italian football as being defensive, you know, slow-paced. Um, but I imagine you've got a completely different impression. All those stereotypes you hear in this country maybe of, of about Italian football. Yeah. When you watch Napoli, there's an intensity, there's a quickness about how they play yeah. that I think would take a lot of people by surprise. Yeah, and I think that's down to the manager because of you know the playthroughs that he goes through and the way he wants the team to play. Mm. He's very clear on how he wants things done and if I played a pass and it trickled into someone, he goes crazy. Yeah. If someone plays a pass and it's slow, he goes, I want it quicker. Mm. And that shows week in, week out when they play games. It's, it's great stuff to watch. And um, yeah, like I said, it's down to the manager. He do it his way. And if you do it right, you obviously reap the rewards. Yeah. So quite an innovative manager. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. Napoli quite famous. This is going back a few years now. Now I think everybody does it. But for having drones, film training, um, yeah. sort of, so, you know, to get the sort of the defensive yeah, line. The details, yeah, He's, they still do that over there, I mm. think. And set pieces, yeah, he's known as, I think, Mr. 33, something for having 33 different set piece routines. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah. Was that, that... That, was, that was tough. <laughs> that was tough. I um, um, I got there and I'd never practised a throw-in in my life. And um, I got there and they had about 10 different signals. So they gave me a sheet of paper after yeah. my first day mm -hmm. to study these signals. I've gone, what? <laughs> Sorry? They said, yeah, you have to study the signals for the throw-ins because the midfielders are involved. Mm. So at this point, I'm lost. <laughs> and um, like I said, again, he got really impatient with me because he expected me to pick it up quite quickly. Yeah. And um, I used to just stand behind Hamsik and follow him and see what he's doing. Mm. And I, I don't think I picked it up until about two months of being there because there were so many signals, there were so many throw-ins, so many corners, and you had to be in the exact place that he wanted you to be in. It was it was, it was was hard work, but it was concentration for about 20 minutes maximum, mm. which in a game you probably do a lot longer than that. So you talked about Sadi's attention to detail. Um, Raheem Sterling was talking yeah, about yeah. Pep a few weeks ago when he was saying how he you know, no longer controls the ball with the outside of his foot stuff like that yeah. or um, were there any yeah just something that's I don't know struck you as unusual about about Sadie and his coaching for me it was on the defensive side of things you know in the formation that we we played mm. it was when to press and when you don't press yeah and it was like there was almost a line in the middle of the pitch it, it wasn't drawn on there but it was like a marker for you to know whether you go or whether you don't mm. and um, when I did it it worked out so yeah. when I came back to England and we played in games, I used that method still and mm. and literally it's what I still use now. And it's something that I picked up, but it's something that I also learned, you yeah. know, during the time it was like a... Intuitively. Yeah. Yeah. And I do it, I do it now and it's worked for me. So it's something that I take on board that I've taken with me, but it's, it's just, it was, a, it was a time for me to actually learn about positioning and learn about, and actually study the game. In England, we get taught to control the ball and play a long pass and things like that. But there was just basics of don't take two touches here. You're in a position where you can take one. You can go and press now or mm. you can't go and press. And I think now the game is changing a little bit with the managers that are coming into 
into England, into the Premier League. And when I was in Italy, that was something that I definitely picked up on. And there's a lot of speculation about um, Maurizio Sarri's future, whether he might actually come over and work here in the Premier League rather than in the City of London, which I think is the last time he was working in there, in, in England. Um, what do you think he would bring to the game over here? Do you think it would be um, a real kind of refreshing uh, sort of guy bringing new ideas to the Premier League? Yeah, well, we've seen how, um, how Napoli play right now and... Mm. And uh, it's quite attractive football. He's got the the ability to drive his team wherever, whichever team is at. Um, he's got the ability to get the best out of the players mm. and to to get them playing good football on a football pitch. Yeah, I think everyone's seen it and everyone knows he's a great guy as well. Mm. And I think yeah, he will he will do well if he yeah. comes into the Premier League. It, it, it seems to be quite transferable because like the style he got Empoli playing, he got Napoli playing. And you know, I think you know, people will say that uh, okay, it's okay doing that in one league, but it's still quite a big step up yeah. from doing it at Empoli and doing it at Napoli. Yeah, um, of course, uh, of course, I agree. And I think it took a while for him to obviously implement his way. Yeah, it all worked out in the end. So mm. I think if he came into the Premier League, you could do the same thing for, for another team. Playing under him was very easy because he puts out every single detail that you need to know as a player mm. so you might want to know as a right back what foot is this player how does he what does he do does he cut in you could find out the manager will tell you because for me I felt like he was always at home probably watching a game studying a player studying the team before the game he just passed the information on to the players and I think the year that that I was there we managed to grab the Champions League spot it was a great season and that was based on the details that we had going into every single game was just top notch Listeners, sadly, we need to take a quick break from James Horncastle's conversation with Nate Chalabar on all things Napoli and Maurizio Sarri and that's because we need to talk about shaving we need to talk about Harry's Harry's have got everything you need for a high-quality shave at a better price. Their cucumber and aloe shave gel lathers into a luxurious foam, allowing their German-engineered blades to glide across your face. These blades sit in a non-slip handle with a textured grip for extra precision, and Harry's post-shave balm will leave you extra cool and fresher than ever. Because you listen to Galazzo, you can get a special Harry's trial set, including that aforementioned handle and your choice of blue, orange or green, a five-blade cartridge, the foaming shave gel and a travel blade cover. You'll get all of that delivered to your door for just £3.95 and it comes in a recycled cardboard box. Wow. Find out more at harrys.com slash Galazzo. That's Galazzo with one L and two Zs. harrys.com slash Galazzo. harrys.com slash Galazzo. That season started not particularly well. I remember Diego Maradona, whose word carries a certain weight yeah, in Naples, Naples yeah, saying that uh, with Maurizio Sadi, this team will not finish in mid-table. And what happened come the winter, I think Napoli were winter champions that season. Mm. Um, they were top of the table going to February, and then they played against Juve, um, Interim yeah, yeah, lost. Last minute, yeah. What was it like being a part of, you know, what felt like a kind of impromptu title challenge, really? Yeah, it was. I mean, when you look at the history of the club and and how, how long ago it was that they won the league, you could feel the the atmosphere when you get to the training ground. And as things were going well after 
such a bad start, you could feel the excitement within the city mm. itself, not only in the club. It, it was difficult for me to leave my house without a hat and sunglasses. And I never, I hadn't barely kicked a ball at that time. So the city is so passionate and they're so, they live for, for football and they live for Napoli. Mm. And um, I'd never seen anything like it. I'd never, ever seen anything like it. So for me, it was like, wow, is this really what, what it's like? Mm. And um, obviously, when we, when we lost the game against Juve, um, we were expecting to be tarnished by the fans. And mm. we got to the airport and there were about, I don't know, <laughs> roughly, I'd say about 3,000 people yeah. waiting for us to get out of this, the airport. What's and, it like being on a bus and, when, you, no, when we, you're surrounded we, we by people? We got in taxis after because we were all going home. It was it, like two in the morning. Mm. And um, I remember sitting in my taxi and these we, we couldn't get out. <laughs> Literally, people, so many people on both sides of the taxis banging on the windows, banging on the windows. Dai ragazzi, come on boys, yeah. come on. Like, fino alla fine, all the way to the end. Like, yeah. it's not finished yet. And I was just like, what? This is incredible. And at that time, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking, wow, like... We've just this is potentially the change of of the of the league, yeah. the change of the the scudetto and we we just sat there and the fans are going crazy, just showing our support still and mm. it, it happened all throughout the season. What was that like? Was that a added pressure or was it something that really kind of motivated you, encouraged you, know, you? For me for me I'd never seen anything like it. So mm. I think if I was playing I was more motivated rather than pressure. Yeah. I'd say for the lads that were playing every single game, it would have been very difficult to deal with because it's a heavy shirt yeah. to, to wear the yeah, Naples yeah. shirt because they're such a passionate place and they want to win something so badly you know it's it's truly understandable mm. and so going around Naples the city centre you know you turn up there on your first day nobody knows you yeah but I can imagine what even within just a few weeks it was a few hours <laughs> I remember it, within a few hours I was walking down the the high street after signing everything the next mm. day I went to grab some lunch and um, people were asking me for photos and I thought oh, wait hold on do they know who I am <laughs> I was asking you know um, my agent I was like, do they how do they like it's not even been announced yet and and he just told me he said you don't know what you're in for right yeah. now and um, literally since then when I got announced to the club and everything else had all these Neapolitan tweets and people following me and mm. saying welcome and everything else and it, it, my time there was just unbelievable and I I go back there now and I still feel like I'm part of it mm. yeah just just because of the time that I had when I was there now one of the things I think of when I think about Napoli is whenever anyone scores a goal there's a guy on the sidelines called Despero Bellini who uh, will have this call and response with the uh, the curva, which just sends tingles down your spine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that happened to you once when you scored against, was it Legia Warsaw? Yeah, yeah. Un tunnel straordinario, e poi come fosse stato un calcio di rigore da quella posizione lì, spiazza il portiere, ma il tocco che fa il tunnel a liberarsi. The stadium wasn't as packed, so I don't think it sent tingles down your spine, but it was pretty, it was pretty cool to to hear my name being. You know, on the loudspeaker and, mm. and uh, the fans shouting my name. It was actually quite special because prior to going there, I'd seen videos of the one he did with Higuain. And 
and um, I've never seen anything like it. So, but he's he's actually a nice guy when you meet him. He's a he's a really good guy. Yeah, he seems to be like uh, you know almost part of the team, and now he yeah, seems to have a really close bond with the the players. It's just the city. It's just how Na- Napoli is. Yeah. As a place, everyone's very welcoming and everyone's very involved in the club, and it's it's just always good to see. You're an adopted Neapolitan when you go there. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I just need to try and speak Neapolitan now, <laughs> which might take a long time. Yeah. Well, you could have. I imagine Insigne would have helped you with that, no? Yeah, well, bad words that can't be did said you, on radio. Did you learn any Neapolitan whilst you're there? A little bit, but I don't think I'll attempt to speak it on radio <laughs> right now. Also, I imagine going around London, the Neapolitans. I mean, the, there's yeah, a. It's, I bumped into a guy the other day and he said, ah, do say Chalobat. I said, <laughs> oh my God. I said, yeah, Napolitans are everywhere. To yeah. Be fair. yeah. I've, I've even jumped into a taxi and a Napolitan <laughs> guy was driving and he was, he was telling my, me about my life. And I thought, this is, this is crazy, but that's just the type of people they are. They're so passionate. They love Napoli. They love football and they love mm. their city. So... It's quite hard to be a professional there. I, I'm just, I'm just thinking in terms of like my own point of view. I love food, and if I was to go to like Napoli, there's like you know mozzarella di bufala. Yeah. And like the pizza there is you know reputed to be the best in the world. Unbelievable. I agree. <laughs> did you? Uh, did, was it? Was it difficult? You know, to sort of basically keep your head straight and eat right when you basically know you, you know, there's there's an amazing pizzeria just down the road. Um. I'd say I'm lucky in that sense. Where I'd say I'm blessed with not putting on a lot of weight. So, <laughs> so um, it wasn't it wasn't really really hard for me. The we used to have pasta and mm. bread and everything. Just everyone just eats normally. But because it's so hot and and the training sessions and everything else, you're pretty fit anyway. Yeah. So you really can get away with it. And I I thought they were gonna have us like have a strict diet plan mm. and everything else, but they didn't really pay too much attention to that we were playing well and winning games so. mm. my experience naples is a very superstitious city superstitious people neapolitans i was looking at your like stats every game you featured in they won so like i'm very surprised they they didn't sign you on a permanent basis on the on, on that base yeah, yeah i think they wanted to towards the end but um having worked with sari and looking at their midfield options that they had mm. there, it would have been very difficult for me. And especially after going through the season and not playing so many games, I really wanted to to play as many games as I could. Because, you know, going on loan is very difficult, especially mm. going abroad and it's hard. And I f- felt like I adapted quite quickly, but because the team was doing so well, I couldn't sneak in and get a game here and well, there. Well, I think people now find that, um, you know, in your position there now, you know, that's one of the things that people have said about this Sadi team is that he's got his 11 players. Yeah, yeah. They play almost every game. Yeah. And it's it's difficult for, uh, you know, either yourself or now I think someone like Diawada or Zielinski yeah. to, to, to get in. Yeah, it's it's hard. And I, I saw what it was like and I had to make that decision of, of um, you know, where whether it's it's worth me signing here and going on loan again, but then I would have just done that being at Chelsea. So mm. I had to make that decision to just to just go back and see where things went on from there. You've been listening to Golazzo, the totally Italian football show. It's a Muddy Knees Media production, and for sales and advertising, please email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. That was pretty good, wasn't it? 
Not nearly enough football league, though. Why don't you give the Totally Football League show a try? You'll find us on Audio Boom, iTunes, all the other places you get your podcasts.